Well, good morning. Larry, if you will help keep up with me, because I can't, uh, I don't know if I'm switching or not. So, um, this Thursday night, I was invited on your behalf to come to the North Little Rock School Board meeting and to um, accept this plaque, a beautiful plaque here. It says, uh, this certificate is presented to Summers Avenue Church of Christ in appreciation for your dedication to the students and schools in the North Little Rock School District. Thanks for being part of a team that makes our district world class, signed by Kelly Rogers, who is the superintendent for North Little Rock. And so over the last several years, we've been involved in in different ways. We have um, collected school supplies for them. We have uh, participated in some of their uh, times of going to the classroom and reading. And we have, uh, they've been a beneficiary of our Feed the Funnel. And then the most recent, uh, we've been doing, of course, the monthly fresh food pantry at Glenview. And so uh, on behalf of North Little Rock School District, uh, they send their gratitude for our involvement with them. And I just want to make sure you're aware of that because uh, no good deed really goes unnoticed. It really doesn't. Somebody notices. And I want you to know that North Little Rock School District, at least that small part that we've been involved with, they notice. The faculty notices, students notice, and we appreciate that. Um, your involvement in that and with them. And just remind you again that this Thursday is our monthly fresh food pantry, and so noon to 3 we'll be at Glenview. If you'd like to participate with us, uh, let me know. I'll get you directions and instructions. It's very simple. It's so simple. Bill Ed can do it. And so uh, if, if you want to help us out, um, let us know. We'd love to have you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And when you really love something, you give. I think we can notice that in our own lives. When you really love something, you give. I remember going to the movies when I was a kid, and certain features in certain theaters, before the the movie started, they would show this this clip. Many remember this, the Will Rogers Institute. And so you'd have to watch through these few minutes of the Will Rogers Institute, and when that little clip was over with, the ushers would come out with these little buckets, and they would pass those buckets up and down the aisles at the movie theater, and hoping folks would donate for the Will Rogers Institute. And so uh, I didn't really understand the significance of the donation or of, of Will Rogers. I always wondered why they never showed him with his horse, or he never sang a song. So... No, Roy Rogers. Y'all are getting it now. I figured that out finally. But I never understood the, really the, the Will Rogers thing. Is it because, see, I came here to see a movie. <laughs> and you guys are interrupting my movie. I've been waiting to see this. And I was at an age to where this was a big deal for me. And so now I've got, who cares about Will Rogers? I want to I do what I came here to do. I want to see what I came here to see. I paid my dues. I bought the ticket. But actually... Somebody else bought that ticket for me. My admission was actually already paid. But that's beside the point. Or is it? For God so loved the world that He gave, so that whoever believes shall receive, shall have. And in Mark chapter 14, we find Jesus nearing His last week on earth. And we see Him here facing the final steps to the cross. Mark chapter 14 and verse 1, we read, Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. 
But not during the festival, they said, or people may riot. And while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, how would you like to have that nickname? Simon the leper. I mean, obviously Simon doesn't have leprosy anymore, but that's stuck. He'll forever be Simon the leper. Perhaps Jesus at some point had healed him. But anyway, so they're at the home of Simon the leper. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus says. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. To me, he says. She has done a beautiful thing to me. See, when I give and when I worship and when I sing and when I serve, I don't do it for you. I don't do it for you. I don't give to the elders. I don't give to the church. I don't give because of the preacher. I give through the church to God for Him. It's for Him. She did a beautiful thing to me. Jesus says, mind your own business. She did a beautiful thing to me. And He goes on. Verse 7, The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. And truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And here we are in 2017, Summers Avenue. Still talking, still preaching about this woman and what she did. Her sacrifice, the aroma of her sacrifice is still in the air because of she gave it. And there is nothing about this scene, nothing about this scenario that makes sense when you read the story in isolation. When you just look at this, you go, well, that's pretty crazy. Broke the perfume and poured it out everywhere. And we, we, want, we want to tell these, the disciples who, who didn't understand what was going on how wrong they were. You shouldn't act that way. There's a, there's a big story here, a bigger story here. See, I actually identify with these disciples. It's like, man, what, you, all of that, every bit of that for... See, they probably should have rejoiced at what this woman is at her sacrifice. And you don't get it from Mark, but this is also recorded in Matthew and in John, this, this scenario here. They tell us this perfume was so expensive, it's equivalent to one year's wages. Now you think, well, that's crazy. How many of you are driving a vehicle that's equivalent to one year's wages? You go look on a new car lot, and most of the vehicles are brand new price at a year's wages, and we drive off the lot and don't think anything about that. We say, this is crazy, a year's wages. Think about it, though. See, this isn't some stocking stuff or gift. This isn't something you buy to drop in at the last minute. This pure nard is root fragrance. And I've smelled this same nard. Uh, Dr. Manor at Harding, who's a resident archaeologist, brought some of this nard and, and he put it on a cotton ball. I have smelled this. And the amount it takes to soak a cotton ball would permeate this auditorium in just a matter of minutes. That's how potent this stuff is in its purest form. So somebody at this point was jumping up, flinging open windows, turning on ceiling fans to try to clear the air 
Y'all know they didn't have ceiling fans. As, as wonderful as this meal was, as wonderful as it was that they ate, all they taste now, they taste that nard fragrance. That's all they taste. It's, it, dude, is that pure nard she is pouring out? So that, that it, was, that it didn't make sense. None of this made sense. And immediately, see, I'm trying to calculate because that's what I do. How much money is it costing for that light switch to be on that you kids have left on and left the room for? You know, you, so you start trying to, to calculate this stuff because my mind wants to make sense. How much, is this, how much did this cost? But see, when my heart tries to have faith, my mind always tries to make sense. And there's this conflict. There's this conflict that happens. As people are saying, this doesn't make sense. See, that's the impact of sacrifice on our lives. Your mind says, this doesn't make sense. Sacrifice does not make sense. It really doesn't. And so the people who reject Jesus do so because He doesn't make sense. We can't handle this because this, we can't comprehend this. And they also seem to be the very ones who have the most to lose. And so it's easy to sacrifice something of little value. It's easy to give something away that doesn't mean anything to you anymore that you've used up. That's the easy part. Because it's not really a sacrifice. I'll give you one hour. I'll even give you one day of my week. But we struggle with that. We struggle with that. I'll give, you one, I'll give up one television show for this. I'll give up one dollar. One. This was a year's wages for this woman. It doesn't make sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. But a lot of what we do as a church, a lot of what we do as the body of Christ wouldn't make sense to someone who was a spectator. It makes sense. Do you realize we all just sat around in a bunch of pews and we chipped off a piece of cracker and chewed it down and we drank a little cup of juice? That makes no sense. Outside, it makes no sense. So you mean you're going to, your day, you've got a day off and you're going to, you're going to spend your day off, you're going to get up early on your day off and you're going to go sit for two hours down at a church building? What is up with that? That makes no sense. You mean you're going to miss the big game? Because your church is assembling? What is up with that? The game's once a year and you're going to miss it. Girl, you know the mall is calling us today. we got to go. You're going to spend all day cooking for some church function? It makes no sense. It makes no sense to give up Sonic Happy Hour for a whole week so you can buy some socks for some homeless people. It makes no sense. See, sometimes in life it's hard to have faith and have it make sense. It is. These disciples are having a hard time making sense of this woman's extravagance. But maybe, maybe perhaps she's using a different appraisal system. See, she was using a different equation. Maybe she realized the true impact of sacrifice on her life. See, if, if John helps us here, let's see what John has to say. Same scene, different perspective. John chapter 12 and verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany... Okay, where Lazarus lived. Oh, hang on a second. I remember Lazarus. Lazarus. Isn't Lazarus the guy that died? Isn't Lazarus the guy that died and Jesus raised him up? Well, look here. Whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Okay. All right. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. And Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped His feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. So Mark's woman isn't just any woman. 
This woman that Mark writes about was Mary. Mary who sat with her brother as he drew his last breath. It's Mary who prepared his body for burial. It's Mary who mourned at the funeral. This woman that he writes about is Mary who knelt at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, if You would have been here, my brother would not have died. That's who it is. The one who watched them as the Word, Jesus' Word, spoke and called her brother up out of the tomb, who saw her brother get up out of the grave, impact, man. That's who this is. This is it. And I have seen one word from God transform a situation. I've seen a word from God transform a heart and change a direction because He's done it for me. He's done it for me. See, this scene in Mark makes more sense because it was Mary. This sacrifice she made makes more sense because it's Mary and she had an experience with Jesus, with the power of God. See, sacrifice is no longer sacrifice, although it is still sacrifice, but it's no longer sacrifice when I'm giving to the God who has transformed my life. How can it be sacrifice, even though it's sacrifice? The God who has carried me to the mountaintops. The God who has walked with me through the valleys of my life. And I remember before I was married and before we had kids, I'd look at my friends who no longer had the freedom or funds that I was enjoying at the time to go and do what they once did. And I would look at them and say, look at what they have sacrificed. Look at what they have to give up. And then I got married. And then I had children. And then I realized it isn't really a sacrifice at all. It's not. Because I had this connection. See, now I have this relationship. Now I have this experience, this love for someone else that whatever they need, whatever they want, whatever they demand, whatever they consume is not at all a sacrifice. See, it's different when they're yours because now a sacrifice is an expression of the heart. And so for God, love the world in this way that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes might have eternal life. See, the impact of sacrifice is that when we are living by the Spirit of God, what some call sacrifice, we call an expression of love. It's love. And so I wear a jacket because you get hot and you turn the air so I wear a jacket. I dress light because you get cold. I know the heat's going to be out. And so I learn a new song because it's an old favorite to you. And I take out the trash so you won't have to. And I show up because you're important to me. And I sign up because you asked. And what may seem like a sacrifice isn't really a sacrifice when I'm following the ways of the God who has transformed my life. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's not a sacrifice. Give to one who asks and do not turn away from the one who, who wants to borrow. Or speak the truth in love. It becomes easier to do. Forgive one another. Value your, your others above yourself. Don't only look to your own interests but each of you look to the interest of others. That's no longer a sacrifice. It's an expression of love. See, it makes more sense that it was Mary because of the impact that Jesus had on her life. It was trans 
transformation of. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's sacrifice, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Here is your true and proper worship. See, in view of God's mercy, when you are impacted by God's mercy, when you realize the implications of, for God so loved the world. When that truly sinks in, you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which won't really feel like a sacrifice when you have a relationship with God through Jesus. And so when you live your life from a position of love, it's no longer sacrifice. And there have been times in my life when I wasn't even sure God heard me. But with one word, with one moment, He called me up from that grave. So you don't mind being extravagant when you have the experience of faith in God through Jesus Christ. So we want to experience the celebration of Christianity. We want to experience the celebration of eternal life. But we are not going to experience the celebration and resist the sacrifice. They're intertwined. They're together. See, He is the resurrection. He is the life. So when I sacrifice following the will of God, even when I give up my time and my money, my wants, my needs, my, my life, they're not really gone. They're not really gone. When a farmer plants a seed in the ground, he doesn't have a funeral for it. <laughs> Why not? Because he knows something else is coming. Something's coming back. And it's going to be bigger and better than it was. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 Paul writes to Christians there, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And so we sacrifice with this expectation. See, everyone at that table with Jesus had tasted His goodness. Everyone around that table had been impacted by Jesus. And in this moment, Mary made the decision to make a sacrifice because of it. To express that. She saw an opportunity to do what she could do, and it was more than she had ever done for anyone. Because she sensed it, and we now know looking back, we can look back and see from the cross backwards. She sensed it. She was looking forward in faith. She was looking in faith. She sensed that this man was worthy of this great expense. It was a beautiful thing. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6. This Jesus, who, being in the very form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing. He emptied Himself by taking the very form of a servant, being made in human likeness. He made a sacrifice. And being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. She broke that vase. She broke it. Have you ever broken a vase for God? 
Have you broken the vial of your life for God? See, when you go look, when you go look at fragrances, and guys, we don't go look at fragrances. I know how that goes. You know, we go look for stuff, and sometimes that stuff smells better than we do without it, and so we buy it. We don't go look for fragrances. But when you go look for fragrances, they have these bottles sitting around. And so these are, it's not a full bottle, it's a, a tester bottle. And all around it, it's got this, this sticker written tester, not for resale. And so it's just a little something, just a small something. It's not intended for you to take with you. It's just a sample, just a token. And in fact, now many places just spray this little piece of paper <laughs> and they hand that to you to smell. You don't even see the bottle unless you buy the, the fragrance itself. How much of what we sacrifice to God is just a tester, just a spritz. Psst. Love you, God. Psst. Here we go. Psst. How much of what we do is just that? Not enough to last very long. Not a big investment. Not out much. In fact, the effects even evaporate pretty quickly. See, Mary didn't spray Jesus with a tester bottle. She poured everything on Him to honor Him. Why? Because He had impacted her life. He had impacted her life. And she allowed that impact to change her trajectory. It changed the course of her life. And Scripture doesn't tell us. But based on everyone's reaction here and and the big deal made by by even recording this, what Mary did would not have been done for anyone else. It didn't make sense because you just wouldn't do it. But she did it. She did it. See, everyone else, they might have gotten a spritz. (laughs) They might have gotten a tester bottle. Not for Jesus. Not Jesus. And in our language and time, a sacrifice is a loss. You look it up, it says it's to lose something, to give something up, you know, especially for for something better. Merriam-Webster defines it as something given up or lost. But those are tester definitions. They're just... The full impact of sacrifice is in the Scripture here. The Bible tells us that to sacrifice is to offer our bodies, our lives, as a living sacrifice to God. See, that's what Jesus did. That's what He did when He left the glory of heaven and was born into humanity. He put on that flesh. He was tempted at all things just as we are, yet... Without sin. Not because He was God, because He obeyed. He resisted. That's why. That's why without sin. And He obediently followed God's direction right to the Roman cross. And so He allowed the, allowing the full implications of Jesus' sacrifice to impact me is going to be evident in my life. It's going to show up. It's going to be obvious to everyone around me. And it's not going to make sense. It's not going to make sense. And sometimes it won't make sense to us. See, to sacrifice is to put the best interests of others before my own. And to sacrifice is to say no or to say yes because of what God teaches me to do. Even in the face of my friends or family saying something different. To sacrifice is to serve others. And that, that is a good thing. That is doing a good thing. Because in this way, God loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. In Christ, God's sweet perfume, His sweet aroma, poured Himself out for us, on us, so that we could be the aroma of Christ. That doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. But it makes faith.
That's what it makes. It makes faith. Now, what impact has that sacrifice had on you? How are you living your life? You spritzing around for God? <laughs> Just a, I'll love you, God. Psst. Is that how we're living our lives? When it's convenient? When it doesn't really cost much? When it doesn't require much for me to give up? It doesn't require much to change in my life. God poured Himself out for us. And He calls us to pour ourselves out. Empty ourselves of our self-will, our self-wants, and to be filled with His Spirit. Be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can receive that Spirit and live our lives each day by His Spirit so that we can spread that sweet fragrance, that sweet aroma in our lives. But it is a sacrifice. It is. And perhaps somewhere along the way we have realized that that's more sacrifice than we want to make. And so now we've just kind of withdrawn. We've backed off. We've put God in a tester bottle on the counter. And we'd rather just live the way we want to live. That's sinful. It's sinful. Failing to live to the glory of God is sin. And God calls us out of that sin. To repent of that. To ask for forgiveness. And He will freely give that. So that we can once again be filled fully with His Spirit. And once again be able to emit, to project to carry the aroma of Christ in our lives. So this morning, perhaps you have a sin in your life that you need to repent of. And this morning, as we assemble together, the body of Christ, as we have made a sacrifice today to be here, and we have partaken and been reminded of the greatest sacrifice that our Lord and Savior made for us, then we offer up a sweet aroma of prayer for you and pray for you for strength for courage to do what God is calling you to do with your life. So this morning, as we stand and sing this good song, if we can help you in any way in this moment, we want you to come. And if this moment is not the time for you, please don't let it go by. Seek out one of our shepherds. Seek out a minister. Seek out a fellow Christian to pray with you and strengthen you and encourage you to do what God has called you to do. To live for Him each and every day as Christ lives for us so that we can live for Him for eternity. What will your answer be this morning as we stand and sing this good song? Open the